This is a KUNV Studios original program. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me. Here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Good morning, Las Vegas, and welcome to the show this final Sunday in the month of February. It's leap year. We rarely get to have a leap year every four years, but it's Black History Month as well. And I'm hoping that we send the month out with a bang. February is, in addition, American Heart Month and also National Cancer Prevention Month, among a couple of other things. But those are three things that really stood out to me. I think you will find my guest this morning delightful. We're going to have a great conversation. I'd like to go ahead and welcome to the show Tina Lewis. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for... Good morning, audience. Good morning, Tanya, and thank you for having me. Thank you for getting up to spend some time with me this morning. I wanted to... I've spent most of the month of February focusing on Black history topics, and I thought you would just be um, a wonderful way to round things out. Your life story has been a testament. It's inspirational. And so you've done some trailblazing things, you and your husband, um, Harold, and I just thought you would be a wonderful person to shine the spotlight on. And I appreciate that. Thank you. And you and I share, we are cancer survivors together. Um, we share cancer yeah, month yeah. birthdays. Uh, you're born at the end of June. I'm born at near the end of July. So we have a lot of things in common. And we share a wonderful organization together. So I'm also very proud to share that you're um, my girlfriend in the Girlfriends Organization nationally. Yeah. But um, yes. as we talked this this morning, um, both of us being cancer survivors and it being National Cancer Prevention Month, I want to touch on that a little bit as we get into our conversation. And also, I know you have um, heart awareness, heart health awareness is big for you. And we're going to get into why as that's well. a passion for you. But um, in the spirit of continuing paying homage to Black History Month, you and your husband more than, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years ago now, but back in 1987, you opened, you were running McDonald's franchises and you had more than 20 locations. So tell me and, and the audience a little bit about your career journey, because you've, you've run McDonald's, you started in a printing business, you've written books, and now you have a new venture going on, and you've received a number. Of, if I run down your resume, I would be tired just listing all of the amazing accomplishments. You have served on the Susan G. Komen National Board as an ambassador. You have done so many things, but... um. How did it all get started? I mean, like, how does one find themselves in the space that you ended up evolving to? Okay, so I come from very humble beginnings. Uh, I was born in the segregated South. Uh, I recall very vividly riding in the back of the bus and drinking from the colored water fountain. Wow. This is Black History Month. 
Mm-hmm. That's my history. Yeah. So, what part um, of the South? Where in the South were you? Louisiana, Baton oh, okay. Rouge, Louisiana. Okay, okay. Because I want to paint my the picture. I want people was, to see and feel it. Yeah, they. Um, you know, the segregated South. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of what they're trying to bring back today, but we won't even get into that discussion. That's a conversation. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But uh, my father was part of the Great Migration, and he moved us to California uh, back in the 60s. So I went to school in California. Um, I was very active in the uh, Black Student Union. I was president of the Black Student Union. I've always been um, very active um, in the community. Um, But when I met Harold, um, I was working for the airlines, and so was he. And we wanted to control our own destiny. So we started looking at opportunities, and we started out in in a printing business. And um, in 1982, we opened a printing business, Sir Speedy Printing. And it's different from what it is today, because today we have so much in terms of Kinko's, and there's a lot of different um, businesses that are doing Uh, I wouldn't call it printing anymore, but um, that's what we were in. But in 1982, I realized that there was an opportunity coming around the corner. And that was the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles. And that's where we lived. So I pursued in 1982, I started pursuing an Olympic contract. And guess what? I landed one. I was one of a very few African-Americans that had a contract with the Olympic Organizing Committee. (laughs) Wow. So we did the printing business for several years. Mm -hmm. We ended up selling that. We grew it to the point where we could flip it, sell it, and go into McDonald's because um, it took a few pennies to put together to do that. So basically, we sold everything. We sold the business. We sold our home. We sold our cars. We sold everything to open and build the first restaurant in San Diego. But I, I love and that. that was in I, 1987. I love that piece because, Tina, today we look at, you know, business opportunities, and there's a different type of wiring that goes on. You were a team. This also is being February. We've celebrated Valentine's Day. And so I know you and Harold have been married for a lot of years, and that's a testament to 50 love. This year. How 50 many? Years. 50 See, that the golden anniversary, but to pull everything, to pull all of it together and say, babe, we're going to take this chance. We're going to sell it all and we're going to put everything on this and to be unified in your decision and your determination to succeed. That alone is just a testament to what it takes to be successful and to not be afraid to try. That's huge. No, you have to be willing to step out and take a risk. No risk, no reward. Okay. I like that because it's, um, so what happened? So, and so, so it's 1987 and you, you sell everything and you go all in and you guys open the first McDonald's that you have. Yes. Yeah, so we, we opened the first restaurant. We grew in San Diego um, to the point where we weren't growing. Uh, We kept getting passed over for opportunities. So 
we went to Don Thompson, who at that time was the, um, I think he was president at that time of McDonald's USA, and told him we wanted, and he was the first and only <laughs> uh, African American president of United, I mean, of uh, McDonald's. Okay. So we told him we wanted to take a look at Las Vegas, and he opened up the doors for us to relocate here. So we basically had restaurants in San Diego. We sold those. We had 10 there. And when we moved here, I think we had seven and we grew to 10. So um, that's where the 20 came from. Okay. And um, McDonald's offered a lot of opportunities for us. We served on so many boards and had so many uh, opportunities and doors open. But then again, we opened doors for other people as well. That's what it's really by all mentoring. about. Mm-hmm. Yes, by mentoring. I started a scholarship program uh, back in, I think it was 92. Uh, we've awarded over a million dollars in scholarships uh, to African-American students. Um, we continue that here. We've given away scholarships uh, as well. The, the current... Um, scholarship program that's run through Ronald McDonald's Children's Charities. Yes. That's part of what I started. Wow, that is a legacy. What a legacy. I think I read somewhere that you guys um, gave away over like a half a million dollars in scholarships to um, graduating high school students. Well, it's up to a million now. Oh, wow. That's impact. See, that is what we call impact. That's that's what I call black history and living color. You know, when the person is still alive to talk with about what they've done, how they impacted um, the community and gave back, remembering your roots and paying it forward. Um, Because we talked about the humble beginnings. My parents, too, were from the South. And so they were from Mississippi and they migrated west to Arizona and met in northern Arizona. And so when you look back over that, and I've made many trips down south, and you see and you feel what they call the sweltering heat of oppression. And you really get a perspective on what it was like. And my father has talked about those stories of what it was like to not be able to walk on the sidewalk, to need to get off the sidewalk, to look down, don't make eye contact. Just the memories and the things that um, shaped his life and it shapes the determination that you have to push forward and to keep trying. And so I just think all the things that you've done and the awards that you've gotten and the way it's changing families in America for the better, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, you're so very welcome. I'd like to mention this really quickly. Our daughter graduated from UNLV with honors, I might add. But because she graduated without a student loan, We decided to take what we would have possibly had to pay off in a student loan and start a scholarship at UNLV in her name. So there is a Lewis family scholarship. It's actually, I believe, in Jennifer Lewis's name. Oh, that's nice. And the scholarship program has perpetuity. So there will always be a Lewis scholar on UNLV's campus. Can anyone apply or does it, is it for... Can anyone apply, Tina, or is anyone, it any, no particular major? It doesn't matter. Anyone can apply. Okay. You just need to know it exists. Yes. 
So it's the Lewis Family Scholarship. So when they're looking through UNLV, and this is super information for people to know, anyone out there looking to go to school and applying for assistance and support through UNLV can look for that scholarship and you can apply whatever the criteria are that have been set. You meet those criteria and you can be considered. Including existing students. Okay, so it's open to anyone in college now. So it's continuing. Great. That is awesome. Continuing. Yes. So that was something that we did uh, when she graduated. I think it was about five years ago. Hmm. Um, you know, we did, uh, I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to help me remember uh, everything <laughs> that I've done. I'm going to help you remember everything um, that you've done because I want to ask you. I know you wrote a book. You and Harold penned a book together. You co-authored a book. So after you did McDonald's, well, you did the book a few years ago, I want to say about three years ago it came out. Almost four now. Two years ago. um, It was a journey by faith. No risk, no rewards. Remember that? Mm -hmm. I remember that. I have my... have several signed copies. I shared those copies with my nieces deliberately because I said, I want you to read the story of Tina and Harold Lewis, a beautiful couple who have been married for, for, at that point, I didn't know how long, so I just said forever because I remember seeing pictures of you when you were young and I met you, you were, you know, you had lived some life. So I said, they've been together forever, but yes. they've done some amazing things. What was the inspiration behind writing a book and what did you do? So you, you, run McDonald's for 20, 20 different McDonald's franchises. You've been in the links. You served on the Coleman's National Speakers Bureau and Advocacy Alliance because you're a breast cancer survivor. You've survived three different types of cancer, not just I'm a three-time breast cancer survivor, but you have had three separate distinct cancers that you have beat. Yes, I may. In 2024, this year, I will celebrate 25 years surviving colorectal cancer, Wow! 24 years surviving breast cancer, and 23 years skin cancer. Uh, What I have to say to anyone out there that um, is facing cancer or the possibilities of getting screened, uh, early detection is the key to surviving. That is why I am here today, between that and my faith. I agree. And just believing, just believing that he is still, and when I say he, I'm going to say his name, Jesus is still in the healing business. Yes, this is true. And I am proof of that. And February is also, um, relate not just Valentine's Day, it relates to the heart. I'm a... <laughs> 15-year massive heart attack survivor. I survived the Widowmaker. Wow. So um, all I can say is the reason that I am still here is to do things like this. Yeah, you have purpose. Yeah, I have a purpose. You have a purpose because you did all, all of the accolades that I am talking about that are attributed to your life. You've done these things through your medical journey. I mean, sometimes I look and I hope I grow to be as great as you are because I started my breast cancer journey in 2003. I was 32 at the time. And through all of it, you have to continue to weave the tapestry of life. You can't let it stop you. But 
There you are battling these major illnesses, these huge setbacks, but through it all, you open the McDonald's, you write a book, um, you sell the stores, you serve on national boards, you create scholarships, you receive the United Negro College Fund Frederick D. Patterson Award, uh, Award from the Urban League for Equal Opportunity. Um, the California legislature recognized you as the entrepreneurial, with, with their entrepreneurial spirit award. I mean, you have this list of Lifetime Achievement Awards and Women of Distinction Award. You have done so many fabulous things. I guess I'm saying the energy that you ever just feel like I'm tired or I don't want to or where does the motivation continue to come from? Because you're doing something new now. I'm doing something new now, yes. Uh, uh, But the motivation comes from I guess it, I'm a bootstrapper. <laughs> I heard that from someone, a friend of mine called himself that. And so you just pull your bootstraps up and you just keep on moving. No matter what the issue is, you just pull those bootstraps up and you keep stepping. And to me, there's always um, Something new and adventurous keeps you alive, keeps you motivated, keeps you energized. In fact, Carol calls me the Energizer Buddy. You I, are the Energizer Bunny. Really you, you are. <laughs> when I see you moving around, I'm like, how does she do it all? But I have to ask you a really personal question in the course of your journey. Having gone through the medical scares, which one was the which one was the scariest? Was there one that made you feel like you were afraid? Okay, so the first cancer, I had radiation and chemo. Got Mm -hmm. through that. Then a year later, and by the way, all three of my cancers were in June. Consecutive years. June, June, June. So went through breast cancer. I had triple negative breast cancer, which is the hardest and the most difficult and sometimes impossible to survive. And it's the one that affects most black African-American women. Mm Mm-hmm. It's detected late, usually, and if chemo doesn't work, there's really nothing else out there, at least 24 years ago. Now there's immune therapy and there's other options, but triple negative is a very difficult breast cancer to survive. So it was actually the third cancer that I fell apart. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because I really said to my oncologist, that he had to prove to me that cancer was in in every cell of my body. When you think about it, three years in a row in the month of June, you sat across from me and said, you have cancer? Um, It wasn't easy. I have to say it. I mean, you know, I had really rough days, and I had a few days of pity party, but somehow I just managed to get through it. And my faith, I fall back on that a lot. You know, I walked, I read healing scriptures. I I just believed that I was going to survive it. And here I am today. So it was the third cancer that really just threw me for a loop. You know, I can relate to that. Um, I really can. I can I can completely relate because the the third one for me, I got all in, right? I went all in. The second one, honestly, I was angry. The first one, I wasn't, 
I was I wasn't even surprised by it. I had had a moment with my brother. We lost my mother to breast cancer when I was 29. And four years later, I was diagnosed four years after my mother passed from it. And when we we Mm -hmm. were laying my mom to rest, my brother asked me, was I scared that I was going to get cancer? And I just didn't think he could handle the truth because it was the strangest moment. But like it washed over me, Tina, like a moment of revelation. And I was like, oh, and it said to me, like a voice said, you're going to have cancer. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I looked at my brother's face and I said, he can't handle the truth. I told him no. Four years later, there it was. I was like, mm-hmm. wanted to just get in. Doctors, get in, figure it out, deal with it. I'm, I'm young. Let me keep moving. I was working at the casino at the time. I was having a great time at work. It was exciting. Let me keep moving. The second time was four years later after the first diagnosis. And like you, I had like these recurring same time of the year. The first one was like a February, but the second and the third were both like the same time of year, one year later, right? Um, And the Mm -hmm. second time I was just angry, like, what is going on? Dear God, why are we back here? The third time I realized the importance of checking in and being mindful of my health, um, reading everything about every um, treatment course, the medications, the side effects. Mm-hmm. I, I got into everything, making sure you have a voice and you're advocating for yourself. You're asking questions. I got second opinions, third opinions. Like I really did. Absolutely. And that's when I started doing work with Coleman is why I decided I wanted to have a give back component to this. And I kind of became the poster child in some ways. I did any talk, any interview, everything to make sure I was doing my due diligence to raise awareness among women of the importance of, like you said, early detection and being in tune to yourself and having a voice to advocate for your health and what you need. And making sure you're engaged in the process, your healing process. So I get that. But it was it was my second one that I was angry. My third one was like this enormous wake up call to speak to others about it. You know? It's very important, especially in our community, that we share our stories. Um, I think it was 1998. I'm not sure. Uh, TV One did uh, Breast Cancer in the African-American Community. It aired on TV One. Uh, Diane Carroll was a part of that. I was in it. Um, So was Richard Roundtree. Mm -hmm. Um, There were several survivors that were not known figures uh, that were going through treatment, completed treatment, telling our stories. But we have to tell our stories. And the issue that we have in our community is that oftentimes, especially in our history, Aunt Susie and Aunt Betty never told anyone that they had breast cancer or they had any type of cancer. It was all swept under the rug. It was never shared. So we don't know we have the history. True. So it's very important, but it's also important to realize that history has to start somewhere. I was the beginning of my family history. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer six months after me. Wow. So you, you can't rely on history. No. Being the reason why you're going to get breast cancer or any kind of cancer. True. 
So it's being an advocate for yourself. And when you go to the doctor, he, you know, this body that we live in is very complicated and very intricate. The doctor cannot know what's going on unless you talk and tell him what you're feeling and what's going on with you so that it can be checked. I agree. And it goes back to my point. You have to advocate. And through that all, because we're coming to um, the last few minutes of the show, we're getting into the, the home stretch. And I want to touch on the fact that through all of this, we've talked about how resilient you are and how amazing you are. And we mentioned that there's a new venture going on in your life. Um, you have a new energy company, your CEO. And it's a minority woman-owned yes. business. It's certified in 50 states. And you're currently doing some work here um, to create more energy efficiency for schools here in Clark County. Exactly. Well, we partnered with a company called Wildan. Mm-hmm. And I am the diversity lead uh, in the group. We went out and responded to an RFP and we won the bid. So um, out of 300 and 78 schools in Clark County, the initial RFP was for 77. So we're getting ready to start on that shortly. And uh, it's very exciting. The name of our company is One World Energy, LLC. And again, I am the CEO, and we are women-owned and certified. I am certified in 50 states. I think it's awesome. I think a really good show would just be talking a little bit about how you have an eye for um, progress. It takes something to have the vision and to see where the world is going, to see where economy is going, to see where opportunities lie. And it sounds like to me, one of my big takeaways in our conversation this morning is that you've always had um, that knack for seeing things, you know, um, with the printing company And then when you went into the McDonald's space, seeing the Olympics and seeing that opportunity and then seeing where the door was closing, but being prepared to take more steps and the next step and getting the doors opened here in Las Vegas. So you had the stores in San Diego and here. It takes something to see. Um, I think we're wired a certain way when we see opportunity, the way you have been able to do that in your career. I think that's huge. Yes, and it's rewarding at the same time. You know, uh, mm-hmm. age has uh, is only a number. You know, I'm 75 and I'm just haven't stopped, <laughs> and I have no intention uh, of stopping. Maybe we can get I you on the presidential it. ticket, Tina. Maybe we can get you to put your name on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't. No, I don't want that challenge. Oh my I'm, goodness! I'm, I'm, you might have I have grandbabies that are are five and two. And 10. So I want to be around. In fact, when I saw my doctor a few weeks ago, I said, you know, your job is to get me to 95. He said, well, I only have half the job. I said, don't worry about my half. I got that. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Um, I think one of my big questions is if you were writing a letter as we close into the last two minutes of the show this morning, if you were writing a letter to your young self or to any young person and with all of that you've done in life, what would you say to them? What are the words of wisdom? I would say to look around in the community and see if there's someone that you would like to emulate. You'd like to be where they are. And if you do, reach out to that person. 
talk to them. Ask them if they would mind, mind mentoring you. That's what I would do. See, growing up in the South, I didn't have that opportunity. There was no one that looked like me that did what I ended up doing. There was no one. You are a trailblazer. You truly are a trailblazer. You are a pioneer. (laughs) And so I'm going to take your advice because I'm some years behind you and I want to get to where you are and I want to do what I have left to do in my life as well as I possibly can. So I feel blessed and privileged to know you. And I'm going to say to you, I'm going to occasionally call and say, Hey, Tina, what about this? And what are you thinking? What should I think? What am I not thinking about or considering? Because you have huge shoes to fill. And I don't, I just want to say thank you for paving the way and allowing me to stand on your shoulders because I'm about 25 years behind you. And so I just say thank you for all the doors that you've opened and examples that you have set that make it a little bit easier and make more sense as I try to navigate the world. So in this Black History Month, one Black woman to another, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for having me, and I hope that we have inspired, encouraged, motivated, blessed someone that's listening today. I do, too. And I look forward to our next conversation. To the listening audience, thank you for joining us this morning on The Scoop here at 91.5 KUNV. Jazz and more. Have a great week. I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tanya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week.